0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, yes, it is time to bask in the glory of just an incredible... 2 hours of professional wrestling Wednesday night start to finish SP3 it don't get much better than what we saw on AEW Dynamite last night from from Rampage that we from the Rampage that we saw on Friday to Dynamite that we saw last night that is just 3 hours of incredible television that AEW's been able to put on over the last 4 days And we got another hot hour for Friday night as well. So like, yeah, I mean, this
1: was just an exciting night of wrestling heading into the night with all the buzz and all the hype concerning dynamite and then for it all to deliver and then other things on the night to stand out. It just, it's just a fun time to be a wrestling fan when you have shows like we watched last night for dynamite.
0: Yeah, man. And look, you heard that crowd reaction when keith lee's titantron came out and he just just that mountain of a man standing there literally basking in the in the glow of the crowd ready to just beat some private party ass when he came down to the ring last night who the hell says that wwe can't Build stars. The problem is they don't build them for their damn selves. That's their problem. In
1: a nutshell. NXT has become the greatest developmental in AEW history because these guys become stars in NXT. They they literally, it's either a fear of it of them getting ruined on the main roster, or it does get ruined on the main roster. And in one night. One night, he did uh, the AEW did something WWE was never able to accomplish since they called up Keith Lee to the main roster, and that was let Keith Lee be limitless, let him do all the stuff that he could do, and let him go in there with someone who can make him look like the star that he is. And I think that uh, you know, as much as I want to praise. Keith Lee and his performance, and that was a pitch-perfect debut, in my opinion. Isaiah Cassidy deserves double pay for the bumps for everything that he did to make Keith Lee look like the biggest star in the business.
0: Look, I I know exactly how this went down last night, right? Because I've been backstage. I know exactly how this went down. Isaiah Cassidy looked Keith Lee in the face and said, don't worry, big man. I'm gonna make you look damn good, and that mf'er sold his ass off last night. And you took the words right out of my mouth. Yes, it's exciting that Keith Lee is there. Yes, it was a great debut for him. But Isaiah Cassidy was the MVP of that damn match. Oh, and also commentary dropping the the Jeff Hardy reference when Matt Hardy walked yeah. out into the, <laughs> into
1: the crowd. That's pretty erratic behavior. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh God, wrestling is just so much better when it's fun. And that's what last night was from start to finish. It was two hours of absolute fun, which is what I'm hoping to have on Sunday. The big game finally here as we hit Super Sunday, the last game of the football season, my Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Los Angeles, formerly known as St. Louis Rams. And as always, Bet Online has you covered from odds, scores, totals, player performance to props on where the next Great coaches going to land. I think all the jobs are full now, but we'll see after Super Bowl Sunday. Bet online, the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022, which includes the upcoming season when my Bengals are going for back to back. And it's not just football. Bet online's got basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, odds coverage. It's the best in the business from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online, your number one online wagering destination. Head to Bet online today and use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get you started. That is B-L-E-A-V, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. And look, man, there, there is so much. I appreciate the props there, good sir. There There is so much to talk about here, but it, it is very easy uh, to find a starting point, and then we'll just kind of maneuver our way through what was a jam-packed two hours of pro wrestling last night. It was teased on Friday. It was hyped up online. So much speculation, so much secrecy around there. This is something we talked about ad nauseum all week. It was very, um, you know, just a, just a shroud surrounding this, this mysterious uh, signee to, to AEW. Keith Lee seemed like the betting favorite, but like nobody was able to really kind of confirm it until like 90 minutes before the show starts. And of course, the woge of wrestling media, Sean Rossap from FIFA Select, uh, he did confirm that, well, he confirmed that Keith Lee was going to be signing imminently with the company. He did not confirm that he was going to be the guy uh, who was showing up for the face of Revolution Ladder Match Qualifier, but it was Keith Lee. He got an absolutely thunderous ovation and I'm just sitting there watching this match, Sid. I'm watching it unfold, and I swear to God, every 10 seconds, every 10 seconds, this sentence popped into my head. How the hell did WWE fuck this one up? Every 10 seconds, that thought popped into my head as Isaiah Cassidy is going flying across my screen. You had a slam dunk superstar in Keith Lee, a guy you put over. I'll argue with this one time. They let Keith Lee be limitless one time in WWE on the main roster when he beat Randy Orton clean as a damn sheet on a premium live event.
1: That was one after time. that was after he lost to him by disqualification on Raw. And Randy Orton. Time. Randy Orton of that six-minute match, Randy Orton was on offense for four minutes of it. So I wouldn't even call that them letting him be limited. They let him get a big win, but that's not letting him be. He wasn't. He wasn't Keith Lee in that match. We didn't see any of the stuff in this Isaiah Caspi match, in that Randy Orton match. Yes, it's Randy Orton, and he can't do. or he won't allow him to do a lot of those things. But you can't say that that was limitless. They never let him be limitless from his call up they let him be limitless at survivor series 2019 they let him be limitless at royal rumble 2020 they didn't let him be limitless after he got called up though.
0: yeah there were a couple of times there where it's like it seems so clear and so obvious they were setting up keith lee to be one of their top guys for, for years to come i mean they they gave him the rub uh at Survivor Series, you brought it up, you know, going toe-to-toe with Roman Reigns. They gave him the rub at the Royal Rumble when Brock Lesnar, just by sheer facial expressions, put over Keith Lee in a huge way. They have him beat Randy Orton clean as a sheet, and then all of a sudden he starts having the the health issues, which were unfortunate. But, I mean, a lot of us have been dealing with health issues over the last two years, all right? You can't knock anybody for that. Man literally almost died. And it's remarkable that not only was he able to come back and, and, and survive that and be healthy, but he was able to come back and be a pro wrestler again. And then they immediately change everything about him. They give him new music. They put him in this singlet with 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 tiger stripes claws on it. And they call him Keith Bearcat Lee. And I'm from Cincinnati. Where our own damn mascot at the University of Cincinnati is the Bearcats, and even I think that's dumb as hell. And then what? His first night back, he loses to to Carrion Cross, and then maybe they no, have like Bobby Lashley the, in his the, hometown. Oh, he loses to Bobby Lashley, but then he loses to Karrion Cross. Then he beats Karrion Cross, and it's just really confusing. And then he's off TV for a while, and then he's, then he's released. And I just think back. To that backstage segment that we saw with Keith Lee in the gorilla position talking to Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon just looks like he's in awe of Keith Lee. He's like, my, my God, what, what are we going to do with this big athlete? Apparently it's absolutely fucking nothing because you had a, a tailor-made perfect guy for a main roster run in WWE and then you start tinkering, you start changing, you start toying things and they do the WWE thing where you try to fix something that ain't broke. And then all of a sudden, you you fault that guy for not getting it over. And this is why I'm so concerned about Damian Priest, right? Again, another guy who's tailor-made. And then they start tinkering and toying with it. And then if that guy doesn't get whatever shit that WWE gave him over, then all of a sudden, it's that person's fault. That's why I'm so concerned about Damian Priest. Because he's starting to get the Keith Lee treatment. Tailor-made guy. And then WWE lets him go. And instantly, he is a fucking main event star in aew on his first night how did wwe screw this one up and it's i'm so fired up about it And i've said the f word three times within the first 10 minutes of the show which i have never done so i got to click the explicit language uh disclaimer when i post this podcast i'm so fired up because it it hurts me a lot because i don't want wwe to be bad and I don't think it's bad all the time do I think there are things that they could do a lot better that they could try better with a lot of different people absolutely nobody's going to argue with that but how do you constantly miss on home run talent like Keith Lee it is amazing to me that they continuously do this
1: this is why I was very adamant, and I, I appreciate your, your whole rant there. I felt the passion. I felt the, your, your message right there. But I had to stop you when you said they let him be limitless on the main roster because they botched that from the moment he debuted. From the moment he debuted, we heard the music. He had identifiable type of music, signature music in, in NXT. They immediately changed it. In his first match against Randy Orton on Monday Night Raw, they immediately changed his attire. He was wearing a shirt and a freaking skirt. That was before they even single oh, it. Oh, I forgot about the That skirt. was worse. That was worse. He was wearing a skirt with a shirt. When he's a man, Like when he opened his jacket on Dynamite, you saw the joy in his face. Like, oh, my God, I get to wrestle without a shirt again. Like, he slowly took off his jacket because he it felt – happy that he had a company behind him that was willing to let him be him the reason why wwe i have a lot of issues with them is because they have stuff that comes to them that just works and sometimes they let it work aj styles being the best example as of late Of someone that they did that with. Kevin Owens is another example. The Kevin Owens is is not that far off. It's a little bit more PG and a little bit cleaner than Kevin Steen, but it's not that far off from Kevin Steen. But then they have other things that come to them and they just want to ruin it. They just think that it's not as good. And before and with all that stuff that first happened when he got called up to the main roster, you also forget that Vince McMahon thought that he couldn't work for a big man. He thought him doing all the agile stuff, like the leapfrog and the and the springboard uh, crossbody that we saw tonight, he thought that is not how a big man works in WWE. So we need Keith Lee, who has been in the business for over 10 years, for nearly like 13, 14 years. We need him to go to the Performance Center and work on his skills. They did that to Keith Lee. So they, like i'm not surprised at all like i like i said on this show countless of times we need to learn from wwe you can't always support a company you can support the performers but you need to learn from these companies and how they treat things and wwe ruins things that work because it's not their idea that's what they do and what we saw tonight is yeah absolutely all we saw tonight is Keith Lee being Keith Lee with another performer that wanted him to be Keith Lee and the crowd responded to him. And he seems like one of the biggest stars in the business. And this feels like a huge signing for AEW to the point that I, I got a shout out a uh, public enemies podcast. They put out the tweet. Keith Lee needs to be the first African-American AEW world champion. Sign me up. I am all for that. Give him all the titles, all the TNT title. Give it all to Keith Lee. I want to see him bask in the glory that is AEW. And I feel like this crowd and this company is going to embrace him a lot more than WWE.
0: I would love it if there was a shot of Keith Lee standing in the middle of an AEW ring. Holding up the AEW world title and the TNT championship with confetti flying all around him, and they recreate that image from NXT. And he beats
1: Adam Cole for the AEW world title. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now they, that they do it on a rampage that's going against <laughs>
0: SmackDown. <laughs> and it's pre-taped and somebody leaks out an image. No. Um who was the person who leaked that? No, it's not important. It doesn't. Oh, uh, that's
1: uh, that's uh, the dude that's the insurance policy for Grayson Waller on uh. On <laughs> that's that NXT guy, board. the guy no, who no. lost his
0: first match to L.A. Knight on NXT. All right, yeah. cool, good for that guy. Um, I I want to ask you a question about that uh, real quick, but I'll, I'll say I'll say this much because I've I've talked to people who are in the business about that whole sending all the big dudes back to the performance center thing. Um, I talked to some people who are in the business, and you know their take on it wasn't as extreme as a lot of others were it was you know a case of well even nfl players practice every day right even nba players practice every day uh-huh. so yeah they just they just sent some dudes back to to work on their shit and they think that 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 was kind of overblown but yeah you do get but then you hear the things were like vince isn't happy with with what kind of keith lee was doing and then that yeah. kind of just exploded things right so sending some people back to get some practice that might have been overblown but i think it's it's Coupled with the the reports about how he works in the ring and Vince not being happy it, with it, it
1: exploded it. I think that's people in WWE trying to make it less of a big deal. It is a big deal because you have a ring there every before every Monday Night Raw, before every SmackDown. Dumb dudes can practice right there in that ring. They don't I'm need wrong. to go to the performance center. When Keith Lee's bit was in NXT for three years, like why does he need yeah. to go? Back to the performance center when he got called up, and you got a goddamn ring there like that. No, no, I I am not. If if anyone from WWE told me that, including my significant other, I would tell them stop blowing smoke up my booty. Stop it. I don't like you. Got a ring right there, Keith Lee. Don't need that much work. That he needs to go to the to the state of the art performance center. You know we have the coaches there that can work on it. You know that's what NFL. No NFL players. You you know what about basketball players do to practice they go to the arena before the game and shoot around that's what Keith Lee all Keith Lee needed to do if you needed him to work on himself
0: I do find it also interesting that wasn't it like like all of the big dudes wasn't it like Keith Lee and Bronson Reed and and yeah and a bunch of how many of those guys are still there
1: I think it's just Otis and Omos from that from that group that they first reported
0: interesting you bring up Keith Lee as uh, the first African American AEW World Champion. Sign me up for that. When does it happen?
1: That's the thing, though. <laughs> That's the right. thing, people. Because right. because what I see now, I'm, I'm going. I'm, here's my. I'm going to put on my t- Tony Khan hat for the first time <laughs> on the Legion Pro Wrestling Podcast. Tony Khan hat is on. Double or nothing. I see MJF beating Hangman Page for the AEW World Championship. I don't know when he loses the title. I don't know if he has a long reign or a quick reign. I just don't know. But I feel the the third and final match of this series between CM Punk and MJF is going to end with CM Punk beating MJF for the AEW World Championship. And I think from there, because I feel that CM Punk needs that. He is one of the most popular superstars in the world. And you need to complete, this journey of him returning to professional wrestling. The only way to complete that story is him winning the AEW world championship. But you also have to complete the story that he started when he first came in. So I think he loses the title to Darby Allen. And then from Darby Allen, I, I don't know. I haven't that's, mapped it out. That's that the that
0: problem, time. man, because there's such a long line of dudes that are in the, Like, I would say John Moxley's due for a second hey. reign. So, so I got it. I got Ryan it. After,
1: after Darby Allen, you put it on Adam Cole. And then from Adam Cole to Keith Lee, there you go. And that's probably in like two years.
0: I'm I was going to say, <laughs> there aren't many short reigns in AEW, no. which is why I like the idea. I'm going to put my Louis Dangor hat on for a second. Oh, and I love really. him. I, I say, I say that with love. I say that with love. Cause this is kind of similar to something that he said. I think what he said and he's with gimme sport by the way so i'll give him credit he's he's very very talented he has some he's he's a great guy great interviewer has some hot takes from time to time right so his his grand idea was for hangman adam page after this culmination of this two-year story right of winning the aw world title immediately dropping it like the next night to mjf i think that's exactly what he said that that should happen yeah obviously that's a bad idea But given who MJF is and what he has done over the course of his entire run with AEW, I like the idea of MJF beating Hangman Adam Page for the AEW World Championship. And then getting squashed by Keith Lee on the following title fight to take the title off of them. <laughs> no,
1: I can see. I, I Liz, that's why I said with MJF, I can see him having a short reign, and it would make a lot of sense for them to do the third and final MJF CM Punk match at All Out in Chicago one year from CM Punk's uh comeback match, and have him have his coordination there. That would make uh full sense to tell like the complete story. So we would get faster to Keith Lee winning the championship, but I, I feel like Keith Lee, he, he may be in, he may win this Face of the Revolution ladder match, and he may be the guy that beat Sammy Guevara for the TNT championship.
0: And then immediately afterwards, give me him and Miro as soon as he is healthy, and let's oh. effing go, son. Big meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> Just all over the damn AEW ring. I am happy uh for for Keith Lee. Uh this is absolutely incredible for him. Um you could tell he's happy. Now uh just bring in Mia Yim along with him and uh, all will be right uh with the world. Hey, we I here at it. Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast want to make you guys some money. How about you invest in an exciting asset that has outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% for 25 years now. Talking about Art Bay Bay, Masterworks is the new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol without needing millions to do it. Over 300,000 people have already signed up. Get priority access with our unique promo. Log on to masterworks.art slash believe. That is masterworks.art slash B-L-E-A-V. You can see important disclosures at masterworks.io disclosures. And speaking of cash, baby, we are doing that giveaway. All right? All you got to do, go to my Twitter page, at Rick The pinned tweet, it's going to be up there from now until March 6th, the day of AEW Revolution. Follow the instructions there, and you could win. You could win upwards of $100 to shop AEW. You want that brand-new MJF shirt that the chairman put up on the TitanTron there? Free of charge on us. Take it. You want that hook shirt? Hook or stand up. Go get it. You can get them both, whatever you want. As SP3, the number one hooker in these streets, stands up right there for those listening on the podcast. All you got to do, follow both me and Sid. Subscribe to the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel, and you are registered. We will make that drawing the day of AEW Revolution. Let's get started, shall we, SP3? It's time to answer the five counts on the Believe Podcast Network. Ah, yes. Again, a lot of hype. Heading up into this debut by Keith Lee. And I think it was started by Tony Khan sending out that forbidden door, that forbidden door tweet that kind of confused a lot of people. Jay White showing up, all of a sudden it made a lot of sense. So we got that. We got that. What a five minutes, right? We got that little appetizer of Jay White just showing up. And then a few minutes later, here's Bask in all of his glory, Keith Lee coming down to whoop some Isaiah Cassidy ass. We got a lot of hype coming into the show. Number one here on the five count. Did Tony Khan deliver SP
1: three? 100%. Like he, he delivered. He had two things that he said forbidden door and free agent signing. And people, it made people think that it was one in the same because he kind of made alluded that it would be one in the same. But what he meant by one in the same is that it would be on one night and he did it again. He did what he, was able to accomplish at All Out 2021, which was deliver on the hype of that event by giving us Adam Cole and Bryan Danielson's debuts back-to-back. And this one was a little bit more subtle in the way they did it, especially the Jay White walking through the Forbidden Door, and I love the way they shot that. Just with him with his back to it, you see the Switchblade symbol, you see Switchblade era, and then him come in, Throwing uh, Trent Beretta into the truck and then looking at the former Bullet Club members, the members of the elite, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. And then the promo that we got later in the night. Put a bow on this where I'm just very excited about that move. And then we've already talked about Keith Lee. So 100% Tony Khan delivered on tonight. Or Yeah.
0: Sorry. And I think the only people out there who would say no to this question are the ones that that had it in their mind that this was going to be like a Bray Wyatt or a Samoa Joe. Or if you're, for whatever reason, just not a big fan of, of Keith Lee or you don't think he's a big enough name to deliver on all the hype that was built up, he absolutely is. And if you're one of these people who don't think that Keith Lee is as big as a star as he's going to be in AEW, it's because you bought too much into what WWE showed you. Uh, And we explained exactly why it did not work out with, with Keith Lee and WWE. And that's because creative is stupid uh, from time to time over there. So I would say, yes, absolutely. This delivered. Um, And, and here's the thing, man, like they even teased like certain spots where we might get, you know, a, a debuting superstar. And then it turned out to be, you know, John Moxley showing up as CM Punk's partner. And, and, Everybody's expecting, right? Like a, a a day, a big debut there. And then Moxley's music hits. And that's almost better than any debuting person that could have come through and people still lost their ever loving minds. So everything worked out here tonight. And, you know, I'm still sitting here, like I'm watching the show. It's like, okay, well, we've only, we've gotten two so far. Could Athena show up at some point? Could Samoa Joe show up at some point? Could Brian show up I, at the end of the night? You know, I like, was
1: almost one hundred percent sure Samoa Joe was going to be CM Punk's partner because I, I, I was like, I was like ready for it. I was feeling it in my bones. But after you got Switchblade, after you got Keith Lee, it was like, can I really, can I really be greedy and ask for much more than that? And then we got that that matchup with Moxley and uh, Punk. Oh my God, that was yeah. an absolute. Banger, just superb tag team wrestling. On um, we'll some it. of it, they, there was like some spots that were a little off, but that felt to the realism of the yeah. match. It felt like a struggle, it felt like both teams pulling out old school tag team moves like FTR, yeah. pulling out America's Most One is Death Sentence, and then Punk and Moxley pulling out the Doomsday device. That was just an awesome. Matchup
0: that, that I we're not talking about that yet. All right, that's number four, but uh, I'll say this much my favorite part of the match came on a mistimed when Moxley got in the ring before the referee started the three count and he just kind of paused and jumped really high in the air and dropped the elbow down to let the ref at least get a one count in there. Effing hilarious. But let's focus on the two guys who did show up tonight. And that's the other beauty thing because all those other names that we mentioned, Samoa Joe, Bray Wyatt, anybody else, they could still be coming. You know, that yeah. that's, that's the thing. This train ain't slowing down, which is exciting but again, also concerning, because this goes back to what we talked about on yesterday's episode, which is there's only so much TV time. And that yeah. is a that is still a real concern for me. But Tony Khan explaining, he sees that as more of a benefit. If you want to go back and watch yesterday's conversation and explain that, please do so here on the Believe in Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel. But let's focus on the two guys who did show up last night. Number two here on the five count. Are you more excited for Keith Lee signing with AEW or for Jay White walking through the forbidden door?
1: Man, that's a tough this is the toughest question possible because I have already expressed all the reasons why I'm excited for Keith Lee, but like the ultimate payoff for Keith Lee is him getting to the AEW World Championship. Like that's that's his ceiling in AEW and it's a much higher ceiling than where he previous was, so I'm very excited for that. But my man Switchblade Jay White, like I feel like he was put in chronological, in uh, uh, whatever the ice, they were he was like Captain America or Austin Powers since uh, Wrestle Kingdom 15, where he cut one of the greatest heel promos, greatest one of the greatest post match promos ever after he lost to Kota Ibushi in the Tokyo Dome in the longest matchup in Tokyo Dome history. He cut one of the best promos ever and. Everyone in the world was talking about where he would go. People were talking about him going to WWE, possibly sided with AEW, and then nothing happened. He then a few months later he shows up in Impact. Everybody's talking about Impact. They like, "Oh my god, Impact's going to do the Bullet Club Civil War that we never got. We never fully got in New Japan or ROH." And you know, everybody was talking about AEW doing, maybe WWE would do it, but Impact yeah. was going to do it. That resulted in absolutely nothing, ladies and gentlemen. So to CJ White walk through the forbidden door here. And then, like I said before, the follow-up promo afterwards with Adam Cole revealing that he was the one that brought Jay White into AEW. Adam Cole that told Kenny Omega before he left, I got you. I got this. He has brought in Bobby Fischer to the phone. He's brought in Kyle O'Reilly. And now he brings in someone that is fully established as Kenny Omega's enemy. Not only his enemy, but the guy that really started the whole dramatic uh, departure and, like, ousting of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and the Elite from the Bully Club. It was all Jay White. Kenny Omega, the, the problems were happening in the Bully Club. To give y'all the story, if y'all didn't watch New Japan, problems were happening in the Bullet Club between Kenny and Cody. So Kenny said to bring the team together, he was going to bring in Switchblade Jay White. He had just came back to New Japan Pro Wrestling. He was a hot commodity. Switchblade Jay White responded with, by get, getting given the Bullet Club shirt by laying out Kenny Omega and then taking the United States Championship. And then what followed that was Cody Rhodes giving him a, a crossroads and basically the Bullet Club Civil War started. And then months later, after the elite get ousted from the Bullet Club, it's revealed that Jay White is the real leader of the Bullet Club. So it all started with Jay White. Why Kenny Omega is like persona non grata in the Bullet Club and New Japan Pro Wrestling, and now he's here in AEW just because of that long-term story from there to now and what Jay White's arrival can potentially lead to. I'm more excited for Jay White walking through the forbidden door.
0: This is why this man is on this show, by the way. All right. This, this man is a full-time wrestling journalist. He, he lives, eats, breathes, sleeps this shit. All right. It is 24-7 pro wrestling with this guy. And this is why I brought him along. Because I, the answer for this for me is Jay White. And that is no disrespect to Keith Lee whatsoever. I'm a huge fan of Keith Lee. I know what that guy can do. You know my situation. All right. I got three jobs. I got two kids. I got a wife I try to spend time with sometimes. All right. I got a full time career outside of this. I can't watch everything. I just can't. And New Japan Pro Wrestling, I'm sorry. I need my sleep at three and four in the morning. I just do. Can't watch it. Don't even try. And that's not because I don't want to. It's just because I can't. I literally cannot do it. I know Jay White more. By reputation that I have actually seen him in action. And I am very excited to get to watch this man do what he does. So I can finally see it for myself. So that is why I am more excited to see Jay White on a time zone that fits my schedule and fits everything that we talk about here on believe in pro wrestling. And not only that, but there is so much as you, as you perfectly laid out there, there is so much layered story storytelling in all of this that could lead to so many different options. And you're talking about all of that stuff with the elite bullet club and everything going on there. And then all of a sudden you can tie in the undisputed era as well. And all the history that's going on there that you could end up having three or four guys on each side, all pulling at Adam Cole, trying to get him to align with them. It is, you could have, you could end up having like, three different groups having a match for the rights to have Adam Cole be in their faction. And then he could just flip them all the bird and walk out and go win the AEW world title.
1: (laughs) The best thing about all of this is what Adam Cole said in the promo is, we all took a vow. You remember when you're Bullet Club, you're Bullet Club for life. So he's really opened the forbidden door to the entire Bullet Club And he's also opened the door because AEW can't use the Undisputed Era and, you know, Paragon and all the stuff we've heard. Undisputed Elite seems like stuff they won't go to or stuff that just doesn't sound as good as Undisputed Era. Now you can have Jay White give Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish some shirts and they will be the Bullet Club. And then you have Adam Cole with Hangman Page, another former Bullet Club yep. member. I did know And that. you have everything that happened before this at full gear. When Kenny Omega lost the AEW World Championship, it was his best friends, the Young Bucks, that gave Hangman Page the nod of approval. After they denied him from coming down to the ring for his first shot at the AEW World title, they gave him the nod of approval before he finally won the title. And now their boy is going after the title their boys brought in jay White. we could potentially see this this all causing cole and the young bucks to split and we can get jay white adam cole Kyle rally and bobby fish on one side versus the reunited elite kenny omega hangman adam page and the young bucks oh i'm just like the possibilities
0: are endless i'm just excited for it the the only thing that can make this better is if somehow they could get Finn Balor involved. Like that, I think that's like the only thing that could make this even better. Because Finn Balor is another one of these guys that ain't doing a damn thing on Monday. I I know he's out of I know he's out of the country. He may request a time off. That's why he wasn't at the Rumble. I don't know. But last time we saw him, his shoulders were flat on the mat. He was losing to Austin Theory. Getting getting he was basically getting selfied uh by by Austin Theory. That's the last time we saw anything with with Finn Balor after I got really excited that they might be putting him back in the main event scene when he was taking on Roman Reigns. Silly me. But anyway. He lost like, to a turnbuckle. He lost to a turnbuckle, yeah. And I was there, all right? I will say this much about that. That spot played out a lot better live in person than it did on TV. Just because you were so lost. Because that's the thing, man. I wasn't thinking at the time. I was just, I was lost in the moment. Because I'm sitting there going, my God, they're going to and do this. They're going to put the damn title on on." on Finn Balor and the crowd was erupting. the crowd was into it. And then all of a sudden the turnbuckle spot happened. And like a lot of us were just like so captivated by that moment of him, like doing the convulsions on the ground and getting up and doing the demon stuff. And the music was playing. We were all lost in the moment. Didn't stop to think out just how bad that finish was. Cause we didn't notice what the hell was going on until it was over. So it wasn't until I got to think about it 24 hours later to where I'm like, man, that shit sucked. <laughs> it was a lot better uh there in person but yeah after some some reflection uh it did not work out too well you brought up hangman adam page and and honestly heading into this night cuz this is something we talked about on the last episode as well uh you know whether criticism over his world title run so far uh is valid and you know based on how he's been booked as the world champion where he's he's really not the center of the show kind of feels like that that cm punk wwe title run where yeah he's the champion and yeah he's he's so and so and but he ain't the center of the show. He ain't the star attraction, even though he's got the belt, right? I thought they did him another disservice tonight because, like, we're sitting here, we're getting all this fun stuff, and all, oh, here's Jay White, here's Keith Lee. We're all happy about the elite and Undisputed Era and where all these storylines can go. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we, we do have a world title match tonight. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that'll be fine. That'll be fun. That'll be nice. No one's really talking about it. And then this match effing delivers. I mean, they give this these guys 14 minutes to just go out there and beat the holy shit out of each other. Both guys are bleeding like eight seconds into the damn match. One of the best finishes I've seen in quite some time. The, the, the tanking off of the turnbuckle was just absolutely brilliant. Like Dan Lambert actually served a purpose and then bringing it up on commentary saying, hey, look, with no top rope, we can't do the buckshot, Larry. Bullshit. I'm Hangman Adam Page. I'm going to cowboy this shit and just use the referee's back to do the buckshot, Larry, and put your ass through two tables and get up to the count of ten, and you can't. This match had no business being as fun as it was. It was really, really good. They made Lance Archer kind of look dumb because it's like, just let Jake, Jake Roberts beat the shit out of him. He got him. Just let him do the DDT, and this son bitch is over. But whatever, he wanted to do it himself, so they kind of made him look dumb. Lance Archer loses another big match. But this was really, really fun. And then Adam Cole comes down and sets up revolution, right? So number three, are we saying the fire has officially been relit on Hangman Adam Page and his AEW world title run?
1: Um, I can't because like I said on yesterday's show, it's all about the follow up. Like he's had three defenses, and all of them have delivered. the The hour-long match week with, with Brian Danielson told an incredible story. Their rematch was, I felt, was even better in less time, in just 30 minutes. They had an absolute banger at the start of the year. And then this one just, if, if it's an AEW world title match with Heyman Page, you know he's going to bleed. But also <laughs> Lance Archer bleeding just added to this, and you just felt more into it, more invested into what was going on. you I mean, I don't think too many AEW fans believed Lance Archer was going to win, but, man, did they take you on a ride before the inevitable yeah. finish. So yeah. that, I, that, that blackout bump on the steel steps was nasty. Dude, I, I had a Britt Baker
0: moment. I had a Britt Baker moment. I literally just sat there like, oh my God, for like three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I that, was, was I was, that was nasty. That was nasty. I was kind of like that as well,
1: but uh, yeah, just yeah, just him pulling, just the whole story of it all, starting out with him just caught, catching fire, at, you know, attacking Lance Archer, throwing him through the glass in the entrance way, putting him in the ring, doing the butt shot, Lariat, almost winning almost immediately, and then Dan Lambert coming out. Taking rid of getting rid of the top rope to to deny him of his furniture, and then in the end, he just uses the referee back to get it done. That was just an awesome, wonderfully told story that they had there, and it really put over Eggman Page. But it's all about the follow up, it's all about the follow up and how they build to this match between Page and Cole at Revolution. They need the next couple of weeks before this pay per view for this to be a highlight and one of the more important segments on each and every dynamite that we watched is they need to really push this hard page and Cole to make this feel like this can close the show at revolution. And then I will say before the revolution pay-per-view that Eggman pages title run has caught fire.
0: Yeah. I'll say, I'll agree with you. I'll say right now, right? Like you're trying to get the campfire started. I'll say there's smoke. There there's officially smoke now. And now it's up to AEW to get down low and, and blow, right? And get that fire going and get that kindling to light and get the logs on fire and get this thing turning into a rager. You are absolutely right. It's all about the follow-up. The path is laid before you because you have all the history there, right? With, with the elite and everything going on there. So Adam Cole, Hangman Adam Page, that should be a, a no-brainer build, should be a lot of fun, should be a fantastic match at Revolution. You could take that for several weeks Still have Hangman get over. And then, yes, right around the corner, you have MJF ready to go. Yeah. He's got a rematch with CM Punk down the line. Where? They have him lose that? I don't know if they can have him lose that match if he's going to be next in line for the for the AEW World Championship. So that's going to be kind of an interesting you know, situation, how all think, of this is going to play out over the next few weeks.
1: I think they can because if you look at MJF's career in the aew he doesn't lose clean he he lost the Moxley. he doesn't moxley. lose or win clean he, he yeah he lost to john moxley in a match where he couldn't where moxley couldn't use the paradigm shift and he won with the paradigm shift he, yeah. he he lost to chris jericho but only after he already pinned chris jericho and was announced the winner so all of his and, and then punk basically gave to go to sleep to sean dean to get him a dq uh loss so all of his losses like like Justin Roberts said, it wasn't just just him saying a prepared speech. All of the things he said was fact. He has never cleanly lost in AEW. So I could see them having him lose to Punk at Revolution and having about a month or two to build him back up for Double or Nothing.
0: Can we take just take a quick moment to bask in the glory of the entrance? that, oh, MGS... that entrance
1: was great. That entrance was incredible. Like and I mean, then the that, promo was awesome too. Saying yeah. I'm the I'm the best in the world. Not your Adam Cole, not your Brian Danielson, not your Kenny Omega, not your Hangman.
0: It started with the 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 red carpet which was the scarf. The Burberry carpet. Yeah, yeah. And it just got better from there. Then then everything that, you know, like they made Justin Roberts read and the chairman's just standing over his shoulder making sure he reads it verbatim and the facial expressions that he's given and then like joseph roberts is like i do i really need to say all this do i have to be here like what the hell is going on all of it worked. them completely ignoring Wardlow, right like that, every everything just worked so think, well in that opening segment
1: i think that's going to be the thing that's like most understated when people look back on this MJF and CM Punk uh, feud is how much this has really heated up the whole MJF Wardlow story and how much it's put over Wardlow. Just on facial expressions alone warlow is one of the guys that i watch the most in aew because his facial expressions to what mjf is saying makes what mjf is saying even more meaningful so it's so great him saying i gotta owe it to one guy it's sean spears for helping me warm up you help me warm up so good (laughs) and then cm punk saying, i want to rematch with the guy that that beat me in chicago Warlow, absolutely. Nope. That it was great stuff. How that whole promo, although they were pushing the CM Punk MJF feud, it really was pushing and making Warlow seem like a bigger star. And I feel like they follow that up nicely with that match against the Blade. He was versing a a uh heel. He had just been put into the match, so he wasn't really prepared. So that's why it took him longer than it usually does. But then in the end, he made his comeback. So we really got to see him in the babyface position after that segment really put him over.
0: Yeah, this is textbook, how you gradually get somebody over with the audience. Textbook. It has been very, very well done. And, you know, whenever Wardlow finally says F you to MJF, and maybe it's after After he costs him a match with Punk, or or he loses that match with Punk, and maybe that's the next step. Maybe just maybe MJF isn't the next challenger to Hangman. You can push that off until the fall, and then over the summer we get MJF and Wardlow doing whatever they are going to do uh, to close off that storyline. That might be uh, the way you go. Uh, You brought up CM Punk, obviously he was really great in that opener. I think Sting and Darby, you know, coming out with the bats that was fantastic, and then the entire setup for that tag team match. Uh, tonight was just brilliantly done cm punk uh, a master use of social media by adding uh, uh dan Danhausen first and dan like, was like the time can we do this yes give me all the monies uh and then you go he's at samoa joe and you're on the true heel heat twitter channel with the big bug eyes emoji like oh my god it's gonna go down and then john moxley's music hits i got a great question to ask you that first i gotta make sure our folks get their peace of mind, right? Those listeners, nothing is more important than peace of mind, and that is what NordVPN is here for, to give you that peace of mind while you're online. With all of the threats that you face today on the Internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, more servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. You hear me, Sid? Everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under Four dollars a month—you can afford that. Trust me. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com/believe or use the code BLEAV to get up to seventy percent off your NordVPN plan, plus one additional month free. It is also risk-free with Nord's thirty-day money-back guarantee. Let's move on to number four here in the five count. Again, they set all this up perfectly to make you think we were going to get a debut, and then all of a sudden, a wild thing hits, and there was no disappointment. There was absolutely none. Could it have been Dan Housen? That would have been great. Samoa Joe, I would have popped. But when John Moxley's music hit, and all of a sudden, the realization came into the fold that we're getting CM Punk and John Moxley, guys who do have history with one another, by the way, teaming up to take on FTR, all of a sudden, that's like, I became that, that guy who was leaning back in his chair, putting you know popcorn into his mouth, that, that gif. I became that dude. I just put the phone down and everything. I was like, all right, you have my attention. Thank you very much. So this is something we talked about last week, right? With Brian Danielson putting down the ultimatum. Would you rather have those two, being Brian Danielson and John Moxley, would you rather have them fight or would you rather have them team up? This one kind of stems off of that. Would you rather see John Moxley team on a regular basis with CM Punk or Brian Danielson?
1: Mm, I mean, after tonight's matchup, uh, and him and CM Punk had tremendous chemistry together. They had a really great matchup, great tag team match with FTR, and uh, man, I love, I love that matchup, and I want to go back and rewatch it right now because it was so good. But that Brian Danielson is it is, is, is something more than just a tag team. It's going to be like this whole stable where they kind of groom future stars. So I'm going to go with Brian Danielson. But honestly, my real answer is neither. John Moxie should be teaming on a regular basis with the man he was teaming with on a regular basis before he got injured. And I'm talking about New York's own Eddie Kingston, because that tag team was baby face gold and glory. So, bring that back before even a CM Punk or Brian Danielson tag.
0: I would be good with all three of those. Right. And I would be good if he just fought all three of those guys to be completely honest with you. Cause John Moxley, he's not a guy who needs to be in a team. He's not a guy who needs a partner. He can be a loner and he's still one of the best dudes in the company. And he can just wreak havoc on baby faces and heels alone because he's got that stone cold mentality. of he just doesn't give a shit like right. He'll, and that's why I think I'm, I'm leaning more towards CM Punk, right? We talked about how great it would be with Brian Danielson, and yes, they could groom up the next crop of young talent, but I don't really think that's who, who John Moxley is. And, and that might not be why it works. What I like about the idea with CM Punk and John Moxley is yes, there is some, some real history there that they could dive into because CM Punk likes to do that, dive into past uh, experiences, no matter what company it's been in. So you could kind of build off of that. Uh, for those who don't remember, CM Punk was the guy who brought the Shield up to the show. And John Moxley, then Dean Ambrose, was part of that. So this goes back years and years and years, 10 years ago now. Because the Shield has had their 10-year reunion, right? Uh, of their debut, their 10-year anniversary of their debut. But I like the idea of these two guys just, like, not getting along at all because they're both such headstrong MFers. They, they just kind of unite on one common goal of just beating the shit out of people. Like, I, I imagine how this would went down because they didn't show it on screen. I imagine just CM Punk just walking up to Moxley and catering and say, hey, you want to go whoop FTR's ass with me real quick? And Moxley's like, yeah, fuck it, let's go. Like, I just imagine, like, that's how it went down. And I would love to see that kind of relationship play out on TV until ultimately these two guys just fight each other. Like that, oh. I, I, and, and I think that's why I would lean more towards CM Punk here.
1: That's definitely a match i I want to see, but I go more with Danielson because Moxley has, in fact proven that he is that type of guy that wants to groom the groom the future because he even did that in a e w already his whole entire feud and series of matches with Darby Allen was about him seeing himself in Darby Allen and making sure. him and bringing him to the point where he can get to being Moxley in the future. So he's already shown that and I think that's why we still haven't got an answer to Daniel's proposal is because he's actually thinking about it.
0: Right. And that, but there is also uh, you know that promo that he cut, you know, before he went off to 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 rehab was talking about how now he has a kid, he has new priorities. What those new priorities are, we don't know. He doesn't give a crap about the EW world title. He doesn't give a crap about this or that. or the other thing, he's focusing on his family and what's best for that. So who knows what those new priorities are are going to change and align uh, for for Jon Moxley. Either way, there's fun options. Again, that's like the theme of this show, right? Is this was so much fun. There's so many options as they could go. There's so many people that they can highlight and build and just showcase. AEW's firing on all cylinders right now. Absolutely, they are. Are they a perfect company? No. And we and we have talked about them, and we have critiqued them before. So if you're listening to this podcast, right, if you're one of the WWE faithful, just go, well, why don't you rip these guys? We have before. Believe me, we will do it again. But I do kind of want to do one quick, fun conversation, kind of putting WWE and AEW against one another. Quick story time with Ricky Chino, baby. Uh, I'm at work today, my day job. And one of my coworkers, Sarah. So uh, shout out to um, shout out to her. She started talking to me about pro wrestling, right, and just asking me basic general questions because she doesn't watch it. Like, what are they actually called? Are they called matches? Are they this, that, and the other thing? Or is it predetermined? She is like, bare knuckles doesn't know a damn thing about pro wrestling. Like getting it confused with with UFC. And, you know, like Olympic wrestling does not know a damn thing about it. And I'm trying to you know, tell her the basics and explain this. And, you know, I'm sitting here going through all this stuff, telling her who Brock Lesnar is and Bobby Lashley is and all this stuff. And, you know, she gets to the point where she's like, man, I think I want to start watching that. I want to give this a shot. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, Raw is on a Monday, right? And you watch The Bachelor. So I don't know if that's going to work. But anyway, my suggestion to her was if you're going to start watching a show because it so hard to kind of get into it right it's like trying to watch days of our lives now because you can't get caught up on everything you can't get caught up on anything you just kind of have to dive in and and pick up as as you go along so i told her the the what i would suggest for her is to watch wrestlemania to have that be her first show the grandest show of them all hopefully wwe delivers they usually do with wrestlemania it's their biggest show hopefully that's a grand showcase and it can get her hooked and you kind of move on from there because the night after, right, it starts the new season. WrestleMania to the Raw after Mania, that's, that's the that's a brand new season. New storylines, fresh matchups. We hope, fingers crossed, that would be the good place to, to start for her. But then I'm thinking, and I'm going, man, but AEW consistently puts on a better program. So I'll ask you, SP3, if someone was going to start watching wrestling today, would you recommend them to WWE or to AEW? I think I know what your answer is going to be.
1: I mean I, there's 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 reasons why you could say both, but I'm gonna say AEW because I actually have recommended it to a casual wrestling fan or wrestling fan or a wrestling fan that hadn't watched in a while a few of them. And I had to watch AEW and they are hooked in. They're engaged by it because it has a lot of the elements of the three major promotions that a lot of us grew up on in wrestling, especially for those laps fans that haven't watched since the attitude era. If you want, a program where there is a lot of different stories going on like in the attitude era if you want a a program that the fans adore the product and the wrestlers and the company like ecw's fans did and if you want a product that on tnt feels big time but not too big not glossed over not disneyfied like like wcw nitro was that's all aew dynamite they checked the boxes in yep. all of that so when i tell new wrestling fans to watch it they're directly engaged they might not know everybody on the show but they are very much into the show because they see the fans are into it they see the performers are into it and i mean if you go on social media some fans are a little bit too into it and will no. ruin the experience. but no. if you just keep it into the nutshell of just watching the program AEW is significantly more exciting and fun to watch than WWE. So if it's an, if it's someone that's just going to start watching wrestling, I'm going to suggest they watch AEW before WWE.
0: So to me, it all depends on the type of person that you're talking to. And the reason why I suggested WWE to her is because I think it's a little bit more meat and potatoes, right? Cause we, we talk about all these interesting stories that AEW has kind of like lined up and there's so many different avenues they can go and there's so many different people it could get a little bit overwhelming for somebody who's just like starting to get into it which is why i think wwe's model does work for the quote-unquote casual fans because you see the same eight people every week those are the same eight people that you build up with so you can get involved with them and they are more of the the entertainment aspect if she was a uh like a ufc type person or uh you know some kind of combat sport watcher I would say start with AEW, right? Because I think she would really dig the matches because they are that this is a product for more hardcore wrestling fans. who are really into the 30 minute hour long matches and just, you know, are into the the chain wrestling and the cool moves and the high spots and all this stuff for WWE. I think it's more of a, a, a basic line product to kind of get, more of an appetizer, really. It, it there it really is a casual audience feel if you look at it. And it is kind of focused more on entertainment. Cause like I said, she watches The Bachelor and this, that, and the other stuff. So I figured maybe that would be more her speed to get her up to it. And then once she starts getting to the point where she's like, all right, well, this, you know, starts making all the same comments that we do, then I'll be like, All right, congratulations. You are ready to graduate to AEW. <laughs>
1: I wouldn't I wouldn't even think that.
0: If someone is looking for
1: entertainment, WWE is not entertaining. Like there the segments you would say that are sports entertainment are not really entertaining. It's kind of either very yes. very <laughs> No, it's very miss. It's more hit. It's more miss than hit with their, we, with their we, but combos. we have
0: differing opinions on, you know, certain things. Well,
1: you know. I, well, Rick, I understand you have a different opinion, but let's, let's just say the majority of, of, of people watching this product will say that this is not an entertaining company. And if you watch the first hour of dynamite, they had about 10 minutes on that on, of wrestling on that first hour. which is very and rare he, for them. And, they're and right. when you look at their promos, this I'm I'm just going to make a quick comparison of the promo segments on Monday Night Raw and the promo segments on on AEW in the first hour alone last night. On Monday Night Raw you had Bobby Lashley and MVP cutting the same damn promo they always cut when they would when he's WWE champion. You had Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens doing the same backstage segment they always do. You had Miz TV with Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio, as if anyone would care. You have Alexa Bliss therapy segment, which only Rick Uchino tries to make sound entertaining when no one else seems to be entertained by it. And he he just he does. He does it. Rick does a great job of making stuff sound entertaining. He doesn't with that. That electric bliss but <laughs> that is all the stuff that was considered entertainment on monday night raw on aew dynamite you had the entire mjf celebration with with him cutting a great promo then you had sting darby allen and cm punk opposing them you had like the gang warfare type of thing but it's really about punk and mjf you had the whole inner circle promo segment with their with their whole team splitting up Santana, cutting that amazing promo and getting the crowd behind Santana and Ortiz. When you would think Chris Jericho would be the more popular one because he's the most known one, but he totally came off as a heel in that entire segment. You had backstage segments with the ladies, like you had so much going on. You had Jay White debut, like, There was so much going on that didn't have anything to do with professional wrestling. So I understand that AEW is considered the the place that has more wrestling, but when they do promos or what's considered sports entertainment, they do it very well. And sometimes a lot better than WWE.
0: You're not wrong. Now, I I, I think it all just depends on the person. Like I said, uh, you know, the.
1: Now, putting on my Vince hat here, if I was Rick, my whole, based on my argument, I would have stuck to the first half of his argument, is that, yeah, if you want to get used to the performers on the show, WWE is a good place to start because you're going to see the same eight to ten people on each show, and, and you're going to see numerous of recaps. That is what WWE is really good for. For someone who is just watching for the first time, if you don't know what's going on, they're going to recap. They're going to tell that. you. 30 minutes of their two-hour show will be recaps, and you will understand everything that is going on. So that is that is the argument and- that you need to lean on and stay on. Don't try to add in anything else to sound nice. That is the <laughs> argument to stay on. If someone is going to start watching wrestling, the reason they watch WWE is because it's tailor-made for someone who's never watched it.
0: Correct. And it's almost they do it almost too well to the detriment of their hardcore audience. Right. And that and that's the thing is, like, you can bring it back down to earth a little bit. You talk about the recaps and I know we're already over an hour of this half hour podcast. Uh, You you talk so much stuff to talk about, guys. Not even going to get to my final thought because we're so over on time. Uh, But like. You could miss the opening segment. I do. I do. It doesn't even matter because you're going to get the recap as soon as you come back for the commercial break. I'm dead
1: serious. The last three weeks I forgot eight o'clock or at eight o'clock to turn on SmackDown. <laughs> and I turned it on like 805, 8.10. One time I no, it was raw this week. I turned it on at 817. And all I missed was the was the 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 quiz ball, which was entertaining, but really it was like it was like, man, I could rewind this while they're doing one of those recaps. And then by the before the end of the show, I'm gonna be back on time. And with SmackDown, it's I literally miss Roman Reigns entrance.
0: I was gonna say that is exactly <laughs> where I was gonna go. Smackdown, if Roman Reigns is kicking off the show, you don't have to turn that some bitch on until 8.10. No. 810. And then maybe even at that point, nothing will happen until 817. You might have swayed me on this one. Maybe. I'm just ingrained. Again, I think it all depends on the person, depending on how quickly they can pick things up. I just want to do a shout-out to AQA real quick. That was my final thought. We don't have a whole lot of time to get into it. I thought her match with Jade Cargill got lost a little bit there at the end, but I'm officially an AQA stand account. I think she, I, I knew a little bit about her before I saw her on AEW last night. I thought she did fantastic. Surprised they gave her the offense that she did against Jade Cargill. I thought this was one of Jade's better matches until it just some kind of missed timing there at the end and it got a little bit sloppy. But then Jade hits her with a tour of the islands, which was fantastic. Um, it, it, was a, it was a great recovery and a great finish to that matchup. Um, and we got two women's matches last I night. I was
1: going to say, this was historic dynamite. Not only did we get the, <laughs> the, the, the forbidden door being open with Jay White, the debut of Keith Lee, we got two women's matches on the night, and each of them had a bit of a story to them. You had a TBS title match, and you had Serena D with her first Five minute rookie, uh, prof- no, the professor's five minute rookie, rookie challenge. challenge. I like that, and I think the payoff is going to be a mass Akarashita accepting the challenge, probably down like in a month or two. maybe.
0: Oh, so we're gonna get uh, La Luchadora? Is that what you're yes. saying? We're going we're gonna. No, get no, 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 no.
1: No, <laughs> it's actually, it's actually, it's actually a playoff of the Chris Jericho D Malenko storyline when he was C-Clo play at Slamboree, uh nineteen ninety eight. Uh, That's the better I version got
0: you. of uh, what the better he tried to do. Several times. Several times. We appreciate you guys listening to all one hour and four minutes of this half hour podcast. But damn it, man, when wrestling is fun, it's just fun to talk about. Again, if you like what you heard, give us a thumbs up, comment on us, tell us how good we're doing. If you think we suck, tell us what we could do better. We won't read them anyways, but it doesn't matter. But just go off in the comment section, whatever. The engagement helps us out. Hit the subscribe button, turn the notifications on. Do all of it. And, again, follow us on Twitter as well. And retweet my pinned tweet on my Twitter yes. page, and you're registered to win. Guaranteed $50. If we get to 500 subscribers by March 6th, I'll double it to $100 to shop AEW. So do it. Get the
1: money, ladies and gentlemen. It's a great time to believe in pro wrestling and check out true hill heat 162 this saturday 11 a.m eastern time subscribe over there because we got Who's a, big, we got a big, big special guest in celebration of his bangles being in the super bowl we got the one Cincinnati and only beat, the number one person on the believe podcast rick uccino as our special guest and we're gonna have the first ever unsanctioned Trivia battle special Valentine's Day uh version of it, so check it out. True Hill Heat one sixty two.
0: Who was Lana and Liv Morgan? Wait, what was that? Was that the question? No, sorry. Anyway, maybe that maybe that might get brought up. Perfect. <laughs> we appreciate you guys. This has been the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast, brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe.